So yeah, that was a, felt like you were in a boxing ring and you're just getting thumped. Life is just hitting you in the face and then the stomach and then okay. the face again. <laughs> and then you get up and you have a moment of like, okay, are we done? Okay, I think we're done. And you start going and then you're hit is, again. <laughs> And you just think, oh, is this life? Is this what, is this what life is? All the country songs were about. <laughs> life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. All right, I'm here in the studio with my producer, Richie. All right, Richie, this is our plan, and I want you to be on board with this. (laughs) This is our plan, and you want me to be on board. Okay, I'm in. Now, as we are crafting this podcast, it it is conventional wisdom. Everyone just assumes everyone knows what a gratitude journal is and uses it. And I've done a lot of research on this, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at that because, you know, I love— research and looking up articles. But everyone agrees from life coaches to scientists to researchers, just anecdotally, like people just know if you find what you're looking for and and really writing it down at the end of the day will help you be more grateful. Now, throughout my life, I have gone on and off of keeping a gratitude journal. And I'm currently sort of off of it, but feeling like I need to jump back on the gratitude journal wagon. So I want to just start doing it from a place of, oh yeah, I've seen this benefits before. I, I need to start doing this again. And I understand that you've never kept a gratitude journal. I've never been on the bandwagon. I've never <laughs> jumped on board. I've never tried it before. I am fully aware of what the concept is. But have people have, tried to get you to do it? Uh, I mean, you, certainly, <laughs> sure. on the daily. Uh, I, I have seen it impact people's lives. So I guess in that respect, people have tried to get me to do it. But no, no one has ever said to me what you just said, which is, here is a plan. <laughs> we are doing this. Okay, so here's the plan. Okay. We're doing this. Okay. For a week, and I want your honest reaction by the end of the week if if you can feel a benefit from it just at the end because i because i've already done it before mm-hmm. i i'm already biased i i think oh yeah this is going to make a difference but i would like you just to come in with the fresh perspective and uh, join me on this little experiment, will you? Okay, but I got to ask the question, and this is basically throwing you up a volleyball for you to spike it. <laughs> I want. It. I need to know what our system for this gratitude oh, journal is. Give me the. It. Give me the confines so that I might flourish. Okay, be the string to my kite. <laughs> got it. As you were. <laughs> well, I want to keep it really simple, and I want to at the end of every day write down five specific things that you are grateful for, and and don't repeat them during the the week. Okay. You know, just five things that you truly felt grateful for. Like, oh, you know, I've never thought, and it could be big, medium, small, it doesn't matter. You get to decide what you are grateful for and have the act of, of physically writing it down. So I'm going to insist just for this experiment that you write it down like with a pen or a pencil um, on a piece of paper or in a book um, instead of just keeping it on your phone or keeping it, you know, just because I think that there is a little bit something to the the ritual of writing it down. So that's it. That's the rule. All right. I accept the challenge that I didn't need to accept because you already committed me to it. (laughs) Thank you. And I will do it. (laughs) Thanks. Well, you know I needed to consult the Council of Moms on this great topic. And an interesting side note, if you want to see the video of this conversation, it's available on YouTube right now. 
Welcome to the Council of Moms. We've lived through some stuff. We got some stuff to say. <laughs> Shared experiences. <laughs> I'm excited. I feel like that was a hashtag, right? All right. That's how we live say. our lives. Please introduce yourselves, Council. Gainalyn Condi, mother of two, soon to be empty nester, 24 year old and 18 year old. Okay. I don't want to talk about it. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lindsay Clark. I have seven children. My oldest is 19, youngest in kindergarten. Kate Sneddon-Boyden, ranging from 20 ages of a child all the way down to 12, so all the schools and all the things. <laughs> all the schools and all the things. And all, all the, the emails. <laughs> oh, all the texting. So here, we're sharing our successes, our failures, just the things that we've learned, because I, this is a, a way that I think we really not only improve our, ourselves as moms, but like as individuals. And so today, I really want to ask you about gratitude. Mm. When do you feel the most grateful? In the morning. Because I start out before the sun comes up, and I have to chant a gratitude to myself to be happy to be up before the sun comes up, before my day begins of all the things I need to get done. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have a mantra when I'm in the morning, like I'm grateful for this opportunity instead of complaining that I have to be up early or I have so many things to do, that I have things to do, that I am busy, that I can look forward and have goals instead of being bitter about it, that I have a focus in the morning. Do you do that every morning? I try. Wow. Because it done, you know how like for me, I have a lot of things to do and I can feel a oh, anxiety. So to address the anxiety and that overwhelming sense, I try to flip it and be grateful for what is giving me all that to do. How long have you done that? For several years. Because Was, was there an event that happened yes. that you were like, I got to... Yes, actually. I had a few friends fighting cancer, loved ones and close ones. And I decided to do a fundraiser marathon, not for them, but for cancer research specifically. And I'm trying to run eight and nine miles outside in January in Salt Lake is awful. So I would recite their names while I was running and um, wow. why I was thankful for them and why I was doing this, that my body could move. My body wasn't connected to a chemo device, that I was capable of running and moving and being. And so that's when that mantra started, when I didn't want to run in 19 degrees. Wow. So, sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. That is so sweet. I do a similar thing. I write five things every morning, but I also try to write something at night before bed. And I usually try to reflect on the thing I accomplished instead of going to bed with all the things I didn't accomplish. Mm -hmm. And there's been periods of time where it was really tough financially or with my health. And those five things every morning sometimes were the most basic, you know, all of a sudden you're really aware. So when you ask, when am I the most thankful? Yeah. I have found that it's during the hardest times. I think a lot of what Kate was just reflecting is when I'm the most grateful and I've had to dig deep to be grateful for toothpaste or enough money to put gas in my car that day or, you know, that there was a teacher that was extra kind to one of my children because they were in a really tough spot. And so it's interesting to me that gratitude is a bridge during those times where it almost forces your brain because it's so easy to focus on the negative because there's a ton of research. Like our brains go to the negative. And so I think a gratitude practice, whatever it is, I'm not as hardcore skate ready outside in the middle of January, but if I start my day that way, it sets a different tone. Well, and I like how you said it's like, it helps with the anxiety. Mm -hmm. It totally does. 
And I do love about gratitude that it's a choice. I just feel like the, when I'm most grateful is when I make the choice to be grateful. And it's just an instant. I mean, isn't it crazy you can go from like feeling really bad, but the second you're like, okay, no, I'm going to be grateful instead. Like the other day I was feeling sad about some friend issues and I just kind of spiraled down like, oh man, this is so hard and mm-hmm. oh, I feel lonely and I need friends and and I you know, you're sweeping the floor and just like talking oh, yeah. in my head of like, man, this is the worst. And like, I just had an instant of like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. And I thought of like my best friend who has stayed by my side and it's been so awesome. And it's like, I have her. Mm-hmm. Why am I letting myself do this? And it was it instantly, the second I had that thought, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so grateful. I have such a good friend. I have so many friends. And then it just kind of spiraled up like, mm-hmm. I love that about gratitude. It you know, can it shift. It's like we we know this, right? Like yeah. and like I should be grateful and sometimes we can try to like force it and I'm wondering what you do you ever feel like that pressure to be like as soon as something goes wrong or as soon as you're sad that you're like I should be grateful, I should be grateful, you know, like at least at least at least it's not this bad or I just found myself, you know, especially in an intense time with so much pressure taking care of my terminally ill husband of just to try to look for the silver line. Well, at least our kids are older, at least like just trying to And did it work? Grasp or well, did it make you more it resentful? Did and sometimes it didn't. And I think that there's something interesting about like the pressure to feel gratitude in a moment and then making it a choice in the outcome. Have you ever had an experience like that? Well, I feel for like sure. there's often times when there's a really tough season Mm -hmm. that I have to make sure I'm counterbalancing the gratitude practice with, am I giving voice to what I'm struggling with? And if I'm not feeling heard for all of those other negative feelings, then I don't, I get kind of stuck in them. But it's interesting that um, we went through a couple of periods of unemployment and we used to practice at night uh, the miracle we saw that day because we called it miracle in the mess because every day felt like a disaster mess. And it was it was interesting. Uh, once we had kind of made it through that, I sat my kids down and I'm like, okay, so we're in a different place now and we're not worried about these things. Yeah. What do you guys remember was the hard stuff? I wanted them to have time to say, this was really yuck. This was really hard. Yeah, let's just get it all yeah. out. Be honest. Do you know mm-hmm. what though? <laughs> They couldn't remember anything. And I'm like, well, dad and I were freaking out about like how to get your braces paid for and how to right, buy school clothes that year and all of those things. They didn't recall it. And they said, we remember, we would talk about the miracles every day. And so I think it's interesting sometimes that if, especially as an adult, if you're not getting your needs met and you're not having yeah. time to say, you know what, I need additional support. I need to meet with a therapist. I need to talk to a girlfriend, give myself time to cry for a certain period of time every day in the shower. Then I don't, I don't know if the gratitude comes as easily mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're not, it's both, it's both of us. Yeah, you can't really like avoid pain, yeah. <laughs> heartache and sorrow by just being more grateful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's it, the that other kind side of, it, of the coin. It, it, yeah. It, it has to be a better like transition there. Right. Oh there, yeah. Yeah. There can sure. be a culture of toxic positivity. Yes. Yeah. And um, I am concerned about it because we can get in that rap. Well, at least, at least, or what am I supposed to learn about this? Yeah. And um, I have experienced a few losses during December, you know, suicide or cancer deaths. I mean, I'm not to be trivializing that, but 
December is a rough month for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I go straight to, well, at least, mm-hmm. or I have, it caused me to ignore it. And it actually shoved that sorrow and grief into my body in ways that actually made me worse off. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I decide not to. I just said, oh, every morning I'm grateful. But there's also times where I yeah. allow grief and loss to sit with me for several weeks. And then I allow myself to talk about it out loud and say, this is rough. Um, Like I just got through Christmas and my kids will, you know, why are you crying? I'm like, because December's hard for me. Mm -hmm. And it usually is. And I actually stop trying to be grateful all the time. Yeah. But maybe Mm -hmm. when I go back, then I can say I'm grateful I have a heart. You know, I'm not numb. So, um, yeah, yeah, but I don't always say it in the moment, Mm -hmm. but I I, I walk it out a bit because my body was getting too worn out trying to be grateful in December. Yeah, this is like, this flips the coin. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. what's the difference then between like positivity and being grateful? I'm trying to think, I'm thinking of a time when I had young kids and you're pushing them in the grocery cart. Yeah, and it's crazy. And, and it's the worst. <laughs> and you've just unbuckled them from their seat. And, and a grandma comes up and says, oh, sweetie, it's going to go, <laughs> it's gonna go <laughs> so fast. And you're enjoy like, it. just enjoy the moment. You're like, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and I always wanted to be like, thank you, but... Like I in tears. Sleep. I remember crying once when a grandma said, mm-hmm. just enjoy it. And I want to be like, I don't. Like, yeah. I'm not enjoying this. If you want me to enjoy it, take my kids home. <laughs> and let me take a nap. Buckle and them don't in. Don't you feel, though, Absolutely. now that your kids are a little older, a little <sighs> bit more empowered to say, I will miss the chubby cheeks yes. and the kissing the crook of their necks and the yep. playing and the walking and discovering the wind not. for the first time. Yeah. I will not miss. Car seats. Throwing up stores. in the middle of day's market. Oh, while yeah. everyone goes, oh, oh just enjoy it. I, I, I don't miss that chaos no. of motherhood. And, is and, it, and I think that's okay. That's okay, right? Yeah. But I also feel like something that I've learned about gratitude and this idea of toxic positivity, like grieving so publicly, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody knew that my husband had ALS and this terminal disease and watched him slowly decline and watched us. Th- what I have learned is that to help really mourn and to feel really grateful with other people you follow their lead. That's how you do it. You don't tell them how to feel. You don't say, be grateful right now. Mm-hmm. Or you don't say, you know, it's the holidays, cheer up, at least this, at least, at least. I remember two weeks after Chris, it, it kind of had become public that, you know, my husband had a terminal disease and I was in still in shock, like physical shock, still cold all the time, didn't, I couldn't remember stuff like, Again, grocery shopping, because we still need to eat. Like, why are we living our life? What are Mm -hmm. we doing? And I had a friend do what I call a drive-by condolences, where you see the person, and when they they look at you, they remind you of a tragedy. They they look at you, and they're like, oh, sad. You know? And so I saw the look on her face, like, like, she's just gets to live her wonderful, beautiful life. And then she sees me and goes, oh, I better say mm. something because this is sad. Mm-hmm. And so she says, I heard about your husband. Can't wait to hear all you've learned. Bye. Oh. Ooh. And I was like, all I've learned, I've learned that life is horrible <laughs> and, I'm and dark and yes. people are cruel yeah. and nothing, ma- like learned. I, I was not at the learning stage two no. weeks into a diagnosis. And I laugh about it now, obviously, like, what was that? <laughs> like, she didn't even ask, like, how are you? What's going Like, didn't what stop. It was like, oh, we have got to catch up because you're going through this trial and you're going to be great pat, for pat, it. Pat, pat. Yeah. And you're going to learn so many things. You can tell me what you've learned so I don't have to go through yeah. it, you know, which is the assumption. And I just was <laughs> so 
And it was kind of fun, though, because it snapped me out of my shock and turned me into anger. There you go. <laughs> that anger fueled me for the next few months. So, you know, that was a gift. It was helpful. Mm-hmm. But, anger, good. But I, yeah, anger, grief. <laughs> on another episode of the Lisa Show. No, um, but I do think that you can't hurry another person up in gratitude when they are crying and when they're upset to be able to sit and listen. You can... I feel like timing is an important issue mm-hmm. in gratitude that we rarely talk about. Well, mm-hmm. I do love you're telling this story. I remember calling my best friend six or seven months after my sister died by suicide and we were unemployed. It was a fun <laughs> year mm-hmm. and the dog had been killed. Like there was, we were a bad country song. Let yeah. me just say that. <laughs> and I love country, no hate mail, please. But I'm just saying it was not. And I'm calling her and I'm crying and I said to her, Shauna, this is not grief. This is not grief. Do not tell me this is grief. And she's like, okay, I, okay. I'm like, and it's not because we're unemployed. She's like, okay, okay, right? And I was pushing myself to be positive and hopeful and grateful. Now, fast forward, it's been a few years. We're in a different situation. And the last few months I've been in a slump. And I've like, there's nothing wrong. No one just died. We're not unemployed. Yeah. The dog wasn't I killed. should be happy. I should be happy. Why? I, I guess I better do 10 things a day that I'm grateful for <laughs> because maybe the five is just not cutting it. And so I think giving space for, we're not all just three emotions. We're not all just happy, sad, or mad. We are a range of emojis on our phone. At any given point, I can feel grateful and, and I think and is a really helpful word when we're talking gratitude. We are happy and we're frustrated or scared or overwhelmed. We are grateful and we're overwhelmed with what's ahead of us with our special needs child or we're not sure how to navigate a health concern. So I think and is helpful. It's one thing to sort of feel grateful and to have a grasp on it. And it's another thing to sort of model it as you're learning it to your children. Do you find that you are consciously trying to teach them to be grateful individuals or are you just hoping that they will? I feel like honestly, like the more I'm thinking about it right now, I maybe kind of tiptoe on eggshells around this subject with Mm -hmm. my kids. Why? I think like what we were just saying, I don't want to force them when they come home and say, oh, I don't have any friends. Mm. I I don't want to say, well, but you have me or I don't know. Like, I don't really know how to approach it with my kids to like shun, you know, like, oh, let's not even talk about it. You have this, this and this. It's like, I want them to. It's not as bad as you think. Yeah, I don't want to do that. And I think I do a better job with my kids maybe of letting them feel it and just kind of talk it out than maybe myself. You know, I, I kind of go to more like, Let's just be positive and grateful. But I want them to feel it more. It just doesn't feel right to just say, oh, but you have so-and-so or, but we have this great house to live in, you know, and tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Like, what's the best I way think, to handle I that? I think it's tricky because I feel like I've always been an optimist. I've yeah. always been really positive and, um, and I've learned in really dramatic ways mm-hmm. how that comes with a price. <laughs> Yes. And I feel that like I'm I, I'm glad that I that it's my natural default mm-hmm. to look on the bright side. I actually am glad of that. I, I used to think it was a liability. Now <laughs> I'm embracing it. Like you know, I used to, to laugh like I would just this month, I was trying to make one of my friends laugh. We were texting and she was like, 
oh, what do you know about grief or something, you know, like laughing, like <laughs> yeah. just teasing yeah. me. And I was like, let me just tell you what happened in January. And I listed 10 things because I thought that will be funny to have like a top 10 list. But they're things that actually really, really happened. And then after I texted them out, because I'm like, oh, this is so funny. You're crying. And <laughs> at the end of the 10, oh. I looked at it and I was like, if I got this text from my friend, I would feel so bad for You'd her. You'd be in the car like, not doing a drive-by. Yes, I was like, Checking. oh, Lisa, that Ooh. happened to you all in one month. Wow. That's a lot to deal with. It's not funny. Send. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this Laugh funny? emoji. Just kidding. <laughs> but you're so optimistic still. Because I want I, I want to be that way. And I think that I've 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 tried now to sort of take a step back and, and do this with my kids because it's really hard to be when their father just passed away after being terminally ill and that which has changed their social life and their education and everything and during a global pandemic yeah. where they've had a, they haven't been able to see their friends or grieve with other people or have a funeral or all all the th- like when you list it you're like no that's really not great that's, that's horrible bad, yeah. you don't say well at least we have a roof over our heads yeah. well yeah i mean that is true yeah. like at least we do but that's not so what is comfort? Yeah. yeah, and and I think so. I think it's funny because I, my kids and I, I think have learned that together. Of, yeah, we're really we really are grateful that we have each other, and we are grateful that this funny thing happened and we had this good meal. It is good, and also we're kind of sad it's about the this end. too. Yeah, it's, it's the, the end. end. But we can, we've sort of learned it together. So, do you have advice for people who? When you have gone through something like this, because of course I wouldn't want to say, well, aren't you so glad you had that time with your dad? Yeah. Which is a great thing to say, but also we like- We say that and we say that to each other. But you don't in want dif- someone in, to say in, that in, to you. In times where we mean it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hate it every single time when somebody tells me that's what I should feel right. Th- Nobody likes to be told no. how to feel. Okay, so right? we've learned, don't tell people but, how But there feel. are moments, like overwhelming moments where, where I'll think- I am so glad that I had a beautiful marriage for 25 years mm-hmm. with the, if, if it's genuine, it is. And it's genuine. And I feel it like, even though I'm paying for the last now, like I think, no, I am so grateful for that. This is probably like the most important experience yeah. that I've ever, yeah. And I do, and I don't feel it all the time, but it makes, I think being real about gratitude, it makes it it's more authentic. significant in those times. You know, mm-hmm. I was having a mm-hmm. conversation with one of my kids and he was just talking about something and a friend going through something. And he just sort of flippantly said, and he's like, I mean, I've had a pretty easy life and I haven't had anything really majorly like horrible happen to me. I mean, I've had, yes, sad things, but not awful. And then he went on to talk about his friend or whatever. And I was like, for real? Wait, hmm. what? What? <laughs> like, I'm still not over him saying that. And so I feel like, his we resiliency have to be really there. careful yeah. about how we tell people when to be grateful and when to mourn and when, it, like, just let it, let them ride and and That's and let them feel it, because it wasn't me going. You should be grateful. You should be grateful. It's this is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Just got Being worse. Real. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Well, you know, maybe there's not an and. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. not an and because sometimes we need to provide this open place of compassion where we sit next to a child who isn't an optimist. Yeah, because maybe you don't have, I have some children who are not optimists and they get overwhelmed 
and you can't gloss over it. And you have to sit in that space and feel that uncomfortable feeling to try to fix it as a mom and don't fix it. Mm, yeah. And be there and hold it That's and listen true. to it. Yeah. And don't and then don't override it and 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 hold that space for someone who can't find it. And that those are yeah. life life changing yeah. ex- moments. Not everyone is able to do that. To sit with someone no. in their pain. It's really yeah. hard as a mom I want to fix and I've had some huge moments where my first neurotic thing is to <laughs> you know, fix it and say all better. Mm-hmm. But my goal is then to sit with my children and to hold it and to listen and to say, tell me more and then say, I'm really sorry. And then maybe I can model gratitude in a real and true way in another time in another frame, but I don't model it and I don't force it, but I also don't shut it down. You know, you hold it and you sit there because not because we start modeling this fake, oh, it's fine, I'm good. And I think it, it it will explode in your adult life. Mm-hmm. You'll be in therapy. <laughs> Which is the worst place to find yourself. Which is a great place to be. So you can't gloss over these things. It has to be real. It will probably come to no surprise that I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about gratitude. Um, I used to keep a gratitude journal when my kids were really little just to remember all the funny, cute, interesting things they would do. Like when my two-year-old was talking and he would say, actually, all the time, actually, it's a blue shirt. And just all those like little details that you forget. And I just thought, oh, isn't this so fun and great? And I think typically I have thought about gratitude over my life as something that you just need to be aware of and it's so great especially when life is going really well and and recently i've just been so struck by how many articles and episodes of shows and documentaries and and everything that has focused on gratitude during this collective time when we felt so sort of miserable for a long period of time because of the pandemic, because of our frustrations with politics, you know, for a myriad of reasons. And so when we tell people they should be grateful or we should be grateful, I take that as what we're really trying to say is we need a little perspective, right? And I know that when I have struggled with things and specifically the worst things, like when my husband was sick, when my kids were isolated from all their friends, when we were grieving during the worst times of my life, that's what you're looking for. That's what I was looking for. That's what my kids were looking for. We're looking for a little perspective and and really hoping to turn that gratitude into hope that, yeah, you never thought you would feel like this. And also, you won't always feel like this. So I think that that is the superpower of gratitude, that it really focuses you in on the present moment. So for me, it was go time. And this was two years ago. But I knew that it was the beginning of the end. I knew the signs of my husband's debilitating disease. No one survives ALS. No one does. So we knew what was coming. We just didn't know a timeline. And that is an overwhelmingly difficult feeling um, of trying to raise five kids and to say, hey, today's going to be a great day. When you are looking at your favorite person in the world and they're slowly dying and 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 making big decisions about the timing of that. And it seems dramatic because it really was dramatic. And I knew that at that time that 
I needed to be ready. And for me, that meant intellectually, I was like, I gotta be on the top of my game. I got, I got a lot of stuff going on. I gotta make sure that Christopher, my husband, is taken care of, and I gotta make sure that all five of my kids are taken care of. And I'm, I'm that piece of it, right? That linchpin. And so if I go down, a lot of people are not gonna do well. I did all of the things intellectually that I knew I should do, like, um, you know, drink water and eat meals. Because when you're in a crisis situation, you forget about, you know, the basics. And I was like, okay, so what do I need to do? And I need to get sunshine. And I need to um, talk to friends and I need to reach out and I need to ask for help. And I need to talk to my doctor and I need to talk to a therapist. And I... I just made a list in total desperation of all the quote unquote like good best practices that I should do because I didn't trust what I felt like doing. I just wanted to rely on my brain, just tell me what I should do. And one of those things was to write a gratitude journal. And that was like sort of the last piece of it that I was really resistant to to do because I was like, it just sounds so hokey. But I was so desperate in that moment just to feel a little hope and get a little perspective that I did it. Um, And so I would write down things that I was grateful for. And there were a lot of really, really hard days. And some of those gratitude journal entries were like um, a moment, like a really great crispy chicken sandwich that somebody brought me. And I enjoyed it like for 30 seconds without stressing out about you know, what next crisis was happening. And sometimes it was just, I walked around the block and I saw a beautiful sunset and I took a deep breath. Those little moments that I wrote down in that gratitude journal during the worst time of my life taught me that no day is all bad. That horrible things can happen, like the ones that stay with you for the rest of your life but that not every second and every moment within that worst day is gonna be bad. That there are moments of reprieve, there's moments of laughter, of joy, of deep appreciation for things that I had never noticed before. And for whatever reason at that time, that was a lifesaver to me, that I knew, okay, so yes, this is hard, this is impossible, and it's not going to get easy for a really long time, but it helped me pace myself and gave me that hope and that perspective that I was looking for, that that not every moment was going to be tortured. Um, you know, I wrote five things every day during the worst times in my life, and I wrote five things that I was grateful for on the worst day of my life when my husband passed away, and that entry because I've gone back and read it um, at certain times in my life. That is my very, very favorite journal entry that I've ever written. Uh, And I don't know if I'd ever share it with anyone else. And I don't think that anyone else would really understand how significant that entry on that day was, but I do. And it gave me hope and it gave me perspective when I needed it the most. So I have a close friend who's also been through some really difficult things. And, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in our own, you know, lives and our own perspectives that it's really valuable to get an important life perspective from someone else and someone we trust. And Hank, for me, is that. And when I was going through a difficult time, I knew that he, shortly after, was as well. And it really helped to encourage me and keep me going. So I wanted to talk to him about how he does that. I know that you've been through a lot of hard things, and I'm I'm 
wondering if you'll feel safe in this sure. safe place. What are some of the hard things that you have experienced? Well, I, you know, as, as uh, 2020 began, I remember thinking, this would be a great year. It could be a great year, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. 2020. Don't you wish you could just go back yeah. to your old self and go, oh, you cute you, little dummy. Yeah, you're going to be, <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Uh, and so life got hard for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, this is historic times. I remember asking my students, anybody tired of historic times? They're like, yes, yes, seriously. Let's just go back to normal times. <laughs> let's go back when, you know, the biggest news was they were going to storm Area 51. Do you remember that? Oh, oh that was yeah. Huge. Huge. It was like, what are they going to find? Yeah. And then. Simpler times. Yeah. Uh, that was front page news. I don't think that make the news uh, yeah. in 2021, 2022. So I was in the pandemic like everyone else. And then my, my dad, uh, just who was taking care of my mom, who has early onset Alzheimer's, um, had a stroke. And everything taking care of my mom was in his head. And his head was out <sighs> of commission. I don't think we realize, and, and probably you have gone through this as well, is that we use our close family and friends as like repositories for information. Oh, yeah. And you don't realize until yeah. you go into a crisis and they're not available what That's you've a lost. a huge hard drive yes. of information. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, there's some things I don't have to keep track of because yeah, they got so-and-so it. keeps track of that. And, you know, my wife keeps track of that or my daughter keeps track of that. And then he's gone. And all of it, not not just the impact emotionally that, of you know, he's, there he is on the hospital bed, but also the I need this information and mm-hmm. I can't get it. So he did a great job of caring for my mom. He always said that this is my responsibility, but the problem is like he didn't write that down. And so yeah. so taking care of her became me, my responsibility and my sisters and all the information was unavailable. So that was a few days weeks of pure scrambling. And then COVID took my my oldest brother uh, about I don't know, a month later. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and that was that was a shocker mm. because just yeah. dad's sick. You know, nobody else is. <laughs> we're fine. Yeah, dad is sick. We got to go to the hospital, trying to help him rehab. Let's see if we can get him better. Um, and they're saying oh, while you're could, taking care of your mom. Yeah, and he's like, oh, he could die any day. He could die any day. You've always, you know, could happen. And plus, you're masking up. You can have one person in the room, right? Oh, the, yeah. All of that. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, yeah, my brother, uh, he said, I'm not feeling good. And I was like, well, you better go to the drive through testing. And um, he says, yeah, I'm positive. I'm like, well, you better, you know, quarantine for two weeks or yeah. whatever. And then he would text me throughout the week. He's like, I don't, I don't feel good. Uh, he's a single guy. And, mm-hmm. um, he said, should I go to the hospital? And I said, well, I don't know. I know um, it's so hard to know. Yeah, I, especially was, at that time. It was uh, yeah, it was the fall where they of were telling you like if you don't need to go, yeah, don't, don't go, go, don't go. To but the if hospital, you do, because they make were sure you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you do need to go, make sure you get in because you could die. It's yeah. Like, oh. So uh, next thing I hear, I got it. Um, my sister, we all three of us got it, uh, and I think it was just our interaction mm-hmm. going to help my mom. Anyway, so my sister texts me and says, oh, yeah, Sean went to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, okay. Does he have his phone? I'm like, I don't, I think he left it or I think it's there but not in use. So I never talked to him uh, until I was able to to go there myself. And he was on the ventilator and then he passed away in that December. Uh, And probably telling my mom and dad, that was probably the hardest. Oh, my word. Right, because neither of them could be there. She was being taken care of in a different facility. He was in the rehab hospital. So I had to go and tell both of them. 
uh, now that, that was that That's was rough. Like I, I yeah. yeah, I think I was okay. You've been through this idea. Like I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's this moment where I'm having oh. this conversation and I'm not okay. <laughs> nope. So then, um, yeah. And then uh, three months later, uh, my dad passes away, and uh, so yeah. Sorry. And right in between there, I started a podcast. But the the man who started uh, the podcast that I do, uh, he passed away. I didn't four know weeks that. after we started. It was. His I, thing, he was 59, good friend of mine, been, been a friend of mine for years. And he said, we got to do this podcast. And four weeks in, he had a heart attack. Hank, I didn't and know passed that. away. I am so sorry. 59, not, yeah. you know, not no, old. Um, so we kept it going and it's still going uh, because the family wanted it to. Um, but then, then my dad passed away that March. and So it was just a boom, boom, boom. boom. boom, boom. No rest, no time to really properly mourn one thing before another starts. (laughs) Which for me, I I liked having things to do in the middle of all this mourning. Not overwhelming things to do, but just... but people deal with grief in in different ways. And anxiety and depression looks different, I think, than what people typically think. And I, yeah, I overperform. I keep busy. Every drawer in my house, every corner is just, well, well organized. Yeah, that, that was me. That's like, what I did during going. the pandemic. I was like, oh, well, then we better tackle this junk drawer today. <laughs> I mean, or else. We've got to do something. We've got to do yeah, it. I'm not going to sit here. Should we reorganize the basement? Yeah, yeah we probably should. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of increased my speed, right? Probably oh. not a good idea. No, but, but in the moment, in the mo- it feels right. Yeah. Like, Let's keep plowing forward. Yep. We got to get going. Yeah, we got to get this done. There's deadlines. So that next year was me just kind of, I'll deal with that. I'll deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. And then still working, still family, still guy, going, yeah, still I've doing got my all own that. five kids. Yep. I've got other things I'm doing, teaching. And then about a year after that, I think I ran out of energy. So yeah, that was a, that was just a couple, like, it felt like you're in a boxing ring and just getting thumped. Life is just hitting you in the face and then the stomach and then the face again. And And then you get up and you have a moment of like, okay, are we done? Okay, I think we're done. And you start going and then you're hit again. (laughs) And you just think, oh, is this life? Is this what what life is? All the country songs were about. (laughs) And I love that. You're a public figure, right? A lot of people come to you for advice or wisdom and something that I've observed just as your friend and in knowing a little bit about what goes on beyond the curtain, the things that you post um, about gratitude, what it is and what it isn't, yeah. have have been particularly of interest to me. Um, knowing, you know, a little bit about your story, it does help to understand why, you know, you are so honest about it. But what have you come to learn about what gratitude really is and, and what role it plays in your life? I think probably at a certain point in my life, I taught, and maybe we all have gone through this when we're a little bit more naive, and that's okay, yeah. uh, to teach that gratitude is, is like a never-ending smile, yeah. um, like be happy, focus on your blessings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which, Other people have it worse than you. Yeah, yeah, which is not a terrible, terrible thing. Um, but it just it never seems complete. Yeah. It doesn't it seem fully true. It needs to be more nuanced than that. And we probably need to allow for negative emotion. And I wouldn't even call it negative, but... Emotions we avoid. The difficult. Yeah. yeah. Uncomfortable emotion, mm-hmm. grief, sadness, despair, 
we sometimes have a tendency to sweep those away as if they're bad. Like, right. oh, I'm going to replace it. I'm going to turn that frown upside down mm-hmm. and smile that frown away. Right. And we probably should allow ourselves to sit in our difficulties a little bit more, just be part of them, feel them. Um, you know, so when, when I was in uh, depression or despair or grief, I learned to just stay there for a little while and just let it do its thing. Like it's healthy. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good thing. Um, and then gratitude becomes this idea of what you see. So you and I look at a situation and we'll see it differently based on our past, based on, you know, how we're feeling at the moment. We might walk outside together and I'm like, what a beautiful day. And you're like, no, it's too cold or it's too hot or I don't like it, right? And we both have this different set of sunglasses on, this different set of glasses on that offers us perspective. So gratitude becomes a lens by which you view um, your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it doesn't mean you don't see the sad parts of your life. It doesn't mean that you don't see the grief. It's okay to just allow those things to be there and and sit in those for a little while. But gratitude, it seems, can be something that you can focus on and say, you know, that is a good thing. This particular thing, that is a good thing. And as as you do that more and more, you start to highlight the things that you, that are good in your life. And it's okay to look at that thing and say, it is good, right? It is. Yeah. I'm, I like that thing. So um, I'm sure you did this in, in your experience. Uh, and, and allowing yourself to feel that grief and despair will also help you contrast your blessings against those, which highlight the things that you love about your life. So when my dad passed away, I looked at my children differently. I, I was yeah. more grateful mm. for them um, just because I felt that connection as being a son thought of all my, the memories of being raised by this great guy. And here I am in his shoes now doing this thing. And, and I was more present in the moment of parenting. And, and, and that's not just, quote unquote, being grateful. Like we think it's like something we think or feel independent of each other, but it's also like how you show up now in the world. Yeah, it's, wow. it's be how present mm-hmm. you are. And it's because... You've been through hellish times, let's say, difficult times. Yeah. And now it's not this idea of, oh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not going through that right now. It's just seeing those things side by side. You, you say, I've known despair and, and now I know joy because I've known deep despair. I'll, I'll give you a, an, <laughs> an, an experience that okay. I had, which I think most people have had. I was in the, the market for a new car. I'm like, okay. we're going to get myself a new car. Yeah. And so I'm looking through all the cars and I want, I want an all-wheel drive because I live in Utah. And, uh, was, so I'm, I'm, and I focus on, I finally see this car that I really haven't even noticed before. I like Hondas. I drove an Accord once and I was like, well, they don't have a four-wheel drive Accord. Oh, look at this. It's called the Honda Cross Tour. I've never even seen this car. And I show my wife, look at this Honda Cross Tour. And she's like, oh, that seems like a nice car. And I'm like, well, it looks a little better in person than it does in pictures. And <laughs> I'm focusing on it and I'm looking it up online. This is a good car. And all of a sudden I, st- I start seeing this car everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen this car before in my life. And I'm yeah. at intersection. I'm like, there's one. Or I'd drive through a parking lot. I'm like, there's one. Uh, and I'd see it everywhere. And I, this was about six weeks where I'm like, I personally must change the trends in the world. Right. For six weeks, I saw Honda Cross Tours <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then Sarah and I, uh, we had a certain amount of money, and we, so we compromised and decided the money would go to her projects. Uh, <laughs> and so I was out of the market for a new car. Right. <laughs> so um, guess what? Uh, I have not, I, I don't see Honda Cross Tours very much. 
the idea is that there's 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 something in your brain if you focus on things that are good. If you're like, that is good, that is good, that is good. All of a sudden, your brain will start to highlight yeah. things that are good, uh, and you'll start to notice them more. You'll start to see them. And they were there the whole time. Yeah. They were there the whole time. But you just started noticing, perhaps for the first time, how good that thing is is. And so there is something to the the elasticity of the brain, right? Where if you say, I'm going to try this gratitude journal, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to find things that are good and uh, focus on maybe one or two particular things, right? The things that keep me safe, things that, um, things that make my life a little bit more comfortable things, you know, and all of a sudden you start to you start to notice them. Mm-hmm. You start to notice them more. Yeah. Now, it's not to say that you take negative things and say, oh, that's a good thing. Right? You can't fool. Yeah, you're not trying to twist it. Yeah, you can't fool It has your to be brain. genuine. Right. I cut my hand. I'm like, yeah. this is a good thing. No. What a nice, clean cut. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't like, <laughs> yeah that, let that one go. Yeah. We, it's okay <laughs> to not take everything and twist it into yeah. a good thing. That can be almost toxic, I think, to a certain mm-hmm. point. But, uh, but uh, there are probably some really awesome things about life that you just haven't noticed until you start to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start looking for them. I'm going to start highlighting them. And probably the one that I have noticed, and I mm-hmm. think the research backs this up. That's, that's my research right there. Good, I think I like the it. research backs Confirmed. this up. <laughs> is that hearing someone else's narrative actually will create in the human mind a perspective that you just can't get. Hmm. anywhere else. So probably gratitude comes from noticing other people and listening to them and hearing their narrative. So anyone who's who's thinking, how can I be more grateful? How can I do this in my life? Well, one, we do the gratitude journal thing. We start to highlight it more, start to think about those things more, accentuate the positive, right? When something is actually positive, talk about it, focus on it, see Mm -hmm. it. Um, and, uh, and, and just know that that will become a habit over time. And then second, I think is hear someone else's narrative, um, and allow yourself just to see what someone else is going through. All of a sudden you won't go, you won't walk away going, oh, I feel more grateful, but you'll, there's a perspective that'll, that'll come into your life. That's just different. Okay, Richie, it's the end of the week. We've been both taking uh, this gratitude journal really seriously, and we've actually done it. To recap, I have kept one before, wasn't in a place where I was, so I started it up again. You had never done one before, and I'm just dying to know what happened. I, I am dying to disappoint you. So oh, no. let, So let me tell you... <laughs> Uh, let me tell you what I did do, and let me tell you what I didn't do, and I'll actually start with what I didn't do. Oh. I did not, at the end of the day, take pen to paper and write down five things that I was grateful for. Should I ask you why you didn't? Well, part of it was that I was out of town, and so I looked for every excuse sure. being, you know, not around and not having a <laughs> journal, et cetera, right? Because they don't have journals in other states. I couldn't have possibly oh bought one gosh, somewhere else. Oh, my gosh. You could have else. written it on a receipt sure. for crying out loud. Yeah, or like the uh, hotel notepad. <laughs> yes. That's what they're for. But— But knowing that I would be called to the carpet and being asked about what this was, I did do a gratitude practice. Oh, okay. What was it like? So what I did instead of writing the things down, and I did this night after night with the principles of the gratitude journal— I stopped for a minute, which is a much bigger deal if you know me at all. I don't ever stop. 
and thought about things that I was grateful for. And then as cheesy or as uncomfortable <laughs> or in your mind's eye, if you can see this, looking in a mirror said, I no, am grateful you for. you did not look I, in a mirror. I, I do not you, believe you. I swear to you, for seven nights, I looked in the mirror and I said, I am thankful for. I am grateful that this part of my life and was able to share those things. Now, can I go back and look at the different things. Oh, have I already said this? No, I, I, I can't do that because I didn't write it down. But it was a very intentional moment of gratitude daily. And then I noticed throughout the day that I was like, oh, I'm going to lock this away because last night I got to like number four and I wanted to just go to bed, but I promised that I'd get to five. So I'm going to lock one away and then have that ready to go when I was doing the grateful thing in the mirror that night. Wow. So do you feel any different? Well, for I, real. <laughs> so so I think that just having that kind of be called to my attention throughout the day, I'm looking for things to be grateful for and I think that's a huge difference. And I am one and I'm sure no one else feels this way. <laughs> no, you're a special unicorn. Yeah, yeah. I am one who very regularly is like, "Oh, come on." Seriously, this? <laughs> As a vibe. Yeah. As an overall vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm also pleasant to be around. So of I'm not, I, I'm no, no, I'm not I'm, saying, I'm I, no yeah. sort of Deborah Downer, as it were. <laughs> but I am one who's like, oh, seriously, are we this? Are we this right now? Are we doing this thing? And uh, I found it to be like, no, you know what? Okay, this is real terrible. Or I really wish that this thing wouldn't have happened. Or I wish that this was going better or whatever the thing was. But I had the thought more than one time of like, yeah, that is real terrible. But also, I mean, like you got a dog who licks your face and loves you. Oh, yeah. Did Robert show up on the gratitude yeah, in list every in, night? In multiple ways. <laughs> not every not every night. But, That's really sweet, though. But like opening up my heart to having a dog because that was something that I wouldn't do. And that kind of opened up a, a place in my heart to care for someone that wasn't just my wife or my family. Um, but then also just like I'm grateful for, you know, dogs in general. Whenever I see a dog now, I, it's stupid, ridiculous the way that I'm like, who's this little girl? Who is this boy? And I'm like, what What am I doing? But I'm so grateful for it Yeah. because it makes me happy in a way that literally nothing else makes me happy like that. <laughs> I know. I've well, just because I'm, I'm your friend, and I've seen that transformation, and I love that you're able to express that. So, did you write things down? Of course, I did. Mm -hmm. I have my moleskin notebook and my G two pen that I'm obsessed with, and ritualistically would open them up at the end of the evening. And I remember why I loved this so much, and I know why I stopped because I thought, wait, why did you stop? I stopped because. I was feeling things, this is horrible, I was feeling things too deeply, and I just needed to not feel things so deeply. Hmm. And and that, that goes for a lot of things, I think, like, because I've been grieving, you know, and I'm trying to understand, like, how that's going to be a part of my life forever. Mm -hmm. um, I was just kind of experimenting with, like, oh my gosh, do I have to feel everything so deeply all the time? And I think I stopped doing it because... I would become so overwhelmed with feelings of gratitude that even though they were good feelings too, they were so tender and I was I was tired of feeling so <laughs> raw all the time. Is that crazy? No, I don't know. I, don't I mean I just crazy but I see the value in it again and I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep doing it because I do like to have the written record of it. It's almost like a happy journal, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like instead of all the things that 
uh, you know, can go wrong. And it does point my direction. Like you were, just like you were saying, like I'm looking for stuff during the day because I know I'm doing it. It's it's not even like I'm very conscious of it, but I am looking for things to be grateful for. Like, oh, do I like this conversation better or this, you know, meal better or whatever? <laughs> like, you know, you're almost like the hierarchy. And when you feel like you have so many things to choose from to be grateful for, I just feel like oh, no, I am living a full life instead of just all the things that I feel like my life is lacking right now. Yeah, just even the stopping, I think, is something just in general, right? Even if you are only able to write like a thing or two things, yeah. like just the stopping to be able to to look at life. How many times have you gotten to the end of a day, a week, yeah. a month, a year and gone, I don't even know what that was. What if I, right. what did it's I even, like a blur. what did I even do? Well, then it's easier to like stumble into feeling like, well, what's it all for? Yep. What are we doing? Yeah. To yeah. borrow your, yeah. What, <laughs> your what am I even doing? <laughs> yeah. Of course. I sound, that was spot on. In fact, for a second, I was like, how am I talking right now without know, even and talking? No, it was me. It was you. And I will tell you, too, that another one of my takeaways is my relationships with other people. Hmm. So a lot of times when I feel disconnected, lonely, these are the feelings that come up often, like with grief or sadness, um, depression, anxiety, you know, you just feel like just disconnected and alone. And I was surprised because I was reminded that the interactions that I have with people are the things that I'm the most grateful for. The the unexpected conversation, the person that you haven't talked to in a long time and can find a, a deeper connection with, like those are the things that then I was seeking out because I realized how happy they made me. And then that's what I value. And it's like, of course I know that, but because I wrote it down so many, like, oh, I had the greatest talk with so-and-so. And, and I was so, like, so-and-so said something and it was like, it, oh, it just reminded me of, what I want or who I am or whatever it was. Like it just seemed to turn my my day around. And so I was like, oh yeah, remember you mm -hmm. like people. Mm -hmm. So you should probably talk to people more often. And because I know you want to know, but similarly, I also know that you're not going to ask. Yes, Lisa, you showed up one time. Did I? In the mirror. I didn't want to As I ask. said it out loud. You did not. Really? Mm -hmm. One time. Well, okay, one, that's, I'll take it. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show was produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden, with help from Darcy Ramirez and Maggie Faulkner. If you want to continue the conversation we started today, and we hope you do, join our group on Facebook called The Lisa Show Listener Community. And if you like this show, please, if you will, make sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps us find other like-minded people who want to listen. Next week on the show, we're convening the Council of Moms to answer all your questions. When I was a kid, there was this single old man and he had a pool and my parents let us go swimming at his house all the time. And sometimes he'd take us to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, and what? now I look at my parents and I'm like, did Hello? you want us to die? <laughs> like, what? That's next week on The Lisa Show. 